This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the July edition of One Month to a Better Compliance Program. This month, we're going to focus on One Month to Better Internal Controls. This month's sponsor is Workiva, and first, I'd like to have a word from our sponsor. Thanks, Tom. Workiva delivers a modern internal control solution that connects risk and internal control information across the enterprise. The WS Cloud Platform is collaborative, powerful, and intuitive, and optimizes documentation, testing, approval, and reporting processes. The platform is proven to increase productivity and drive better decision-making and is used by more than 2,800 organizations worldwide for financial reporting and ICFR processes. To learn more, visit www.workiva.com. Over the next month, I'm going to explore several topics related to internal controls. We're going to take a look at what internal controls are and how they relate to a best practices compliance program. I'm going to help you understand how to design an internal controls regime for compliance, and then some of the specific internal controls for the functional disciplines within a corporate compliance program. We're going to take a look at the COSO 2013 framework around internal controls and explain how that integrates into your best practices compliance program. I think it'll be a fascinating uh, month for you. We'll certainly uh, explore the area of internal controls in depth. This podcast, One Month to a Better Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 11, Internal Controls for Gifts, Travel, and Entertainment. It is reasonable to expect that internal controls over gifts, travel, and entertainment would be designed to ensure that they meet the criteria as defined in company policies. Day 11, Internal Controls for Gifts, Travel, and Entertainment. It is reasonable to expect that internal controls over gift, travel, and entertainment would be designed to ensure that all GTE-related criteria satisfy the criteria as defined in company policies regarding same. Generally speaking, these are fairly narrow, including a definition of dollar limit, which must not be exceeded in order for the spend to be permissible. Coupled with some type of subjective criteria, such as the legality of the GTE spend for the recipient and whether the practice is customary within the country where the GTE is delivered. The question I will focus on is how to enforce the policies so that employees are not free to disregard them at will. The DOJ and several FCPA enforcement actions, and indeed the FCPA guidance, has emphasized the importance of risk assessment and effective controls in building a program tailored to those risks. Many companies effectively minimize the risk of inappropriate GTE spend through stringent pre-approval requirements because a sufficiently robust and enforced pre-approval policy can reduce the number of GTE spend, the amount of GTE spend, and the number of GTE spend simply because of the headache of getting the pre-approval. This has the added benefit of ensuring enforcement of internal controls, largely because of the reduced volume of GTE spend being included in expense reports. When considering the effectiveness of such controls, you must also keep in mind, you must always keep in mind, the most frequently used method for defeating an internal control, which is dollar driven by a dollar amount, is splitting the item into multiple parts in order to appear to stay under the limit so as to avoid the defined approval authority based on the amount of the spend. 
The key analysis is where, whether the controls are in place to enforce the policies and whether those controls are documented. To help answer this query, there are <coughs> four issues to evaluate. Is the correct level of person approving the payment or reimbursement for the GTE spend? Are there specific controls, including sign-offs, to demonstrate the GTE spend had a proper business purpose? Are the controls regarding GTE spend sufficiently preventative rather than relying on detect controls? And four, if controls are not followed, is the failure detected by other internal controls or the company's compliance protocols? While many compliance practitioners believe that employee expense reports are sufficient internal controls regarding GTE spend, there may be other ways in which GTE spend can be presented, so there may be the need for other controls. Once your company policy on GTE spend has been finalized, the internal controls over expense reports fall into three basic areas. The expense report format, including what information is required. Number two, controls over the submitting employees and the preparation of the expense report. And number four, excuse me, number three, controls to ensure that approvers actually do review the process properly. The format of the expense report can go a long way towards prevention of violations of company compliance policy. First, it is important to have pre-printed representations and certifications within the form because this can lead to stop-and-think types of controls, meaning the person submitting the expense report has to at least consider the information being submitted. The form can be signed without reading the pre-printed representations, but if the employees and reviewers have been trained on how to review the expense report, it can be difficult to say later that the submitting employee did not understand what they were signing. There are two suggested forms of representation, the preparer's representations and the improver's rep approver's representations, typically the employee's immediate supervisor. The submitter or the employee who's preparing the representations included ensuring that all items representing a proper business purpose comply with the company's code of conduct, comply with local law and custom, and comply with the applicable company policy regarding compliance. The approver's, the approver's representations ensure that all supporting documentation has been examined and that the documentation complies with other applicable company policies, including the submission of original receipts. Further, the approver should apply, should rather certify, that they have complied with all company policies regarding the review and approval of the expense report. Some companies have two basic forms of expense reports. One is for the situation that apply <clears throat> in which all items pertain to U.S. locations and do not involve expenses incurred outside the U.S. or for the benefit of persons outside the U.S. The second is for items involved in locations or persons outside the U.S. The international reporting form may have more stringent requirements and should provide for more detailed disclosures. It could require reporting in a separate section of the expense report all items that involve government officials so that these are not buried somewhere else in the expense report. Just as an added measure, the expense report should include a column where the expenses are reported and other <clears throat> which requires the submitter to check government official yes or no. This type of format would require sufficient disclosure of information regarding each item involving a government official. The next step to such an enhanced protocol would be to require a senior official from the business unit to approve any reimbursements that meet cert certain criteria, for example, certain geographic areas or countries, i.e. high-risk areas. Finally, such an enhanced representation could also include separate sections for each item requiring the description of the business purpose of the GTE spend, uh, 
names and the business affiliations of all attendees and including the GTE spend on them. A typical expense report requires the information to be on the receipt. Beyond, by moving simply beyond simply requiring receipts and requiring such detail to be incorporated directly into the expense reimbursement forms, it highlights the presence or absence of proper documentation more readily. It is incumbent to ensure that reviewers sign off on each item that has documentation and required pre-approvals were obtained if necessary. Internal controls around GTE spend can be used in a variety of ways in your best practices compliance program. They certainly can be used to detect an issue and perhaps even prevent an issue from becoming a full-blown FCPA violation. However, by using some of the techniques that, uh, that we've discussed herein, you can move your compliance program to a prescriptive phase where you not only stop an issue from becoming a violation, but through identification, you can move towards remediation as part of your ongoing compliance effort. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, first of all, I think that uh, GTE internal controls is really low-hanging fruit. You may have uh, most of these controls in place. You just don't call them compliance controls. So I would uh, trundle on down to your accounts payable, uh, section and take a look at the controls that they have in place over GTE spend. Remember that compliance controls can move from a detect mode to a prevent mode. And when you move to a prevent mode, you then have the ability to move to a proscriptive mode or prescriptive mode, and that's the most powerful type of control. Finally, never forget that having good financial internal controls that translate into good compliance internal controls can make your company run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day 11 of one month to more effective internal controls, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 12. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Internal Controls. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it would help in our rankings. The word out about the only one month podcast series, which enables you to design, implement, and enhance a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>